of the things that I've observed is how our perspective of time, it shapes our actions, our decisions, uh, our relationships, and ultimately even uh, when we talk about a relationship with God. And it comes back to our view uh, of time, how we approach time. When you think about some of the decisions you guys make, right, some of you uh, operate with a sense of urgency that others of you don't, okay? So some of you uh, have placed uh, timelines on things happening in your life, right? Others of you haven't, okay? And, and, and it's interesting how we all approach this, this subject, like I said, differently, um, but, but it really exposes a lot in how we deal with people, how we look at relationships, how we enter into relationships. And, and, and there's some of you that you're the ones that are always prepared. You plan ahead, right? You, you, uh, when there's an assignment, you write it down. You're already working on that assignment before the deadline. Uh, you know, if a pop quiz comes up, you're the one that's like, great. You know, like, like you don't get thrown off. If your boss comes in and is like, hey, I'm going to need you to stay late. I'm going to need you to do this. Or I have this task. You're already prepared. Uh, it, it doesn't bother you because um, you uh, are really strategic in how you think. You're prepared. And it comes back to how you view, how you invest uh, your time. Now, others of you, you procrastinate. Okay? Uh, for others of you, you wait till the last minute. If something's due, you wait till that night or even, what, morning of, you uh, typically are stressed um, and you operate by barely getting by, okay? Um, and, and, and when I think about uh, these kinds of people, maybe this is you, um, it's funny how these kinds of people, they never have any time, but they have all the time. Uh, you, you know, there's, there's, I remember this one person and I was asking if they would help me with this, this project. And they were like, you know, I just don't have any time. And I'm like, you don't have any time. They're like, no. And, and, and they were someone who I knew they had a lot of time. They were just really good at wasting time and then waiting until the last minute to actually do what they needed to do so they didn't have any time ever because they were always playing catch up, okay? It, it, it comes back to how they uh, operate, how they view time, how they invest that because time and how you navigate through the time you have, that is an investment, okay? Um, this has the potential, when you think about how you deal with it, it has the potential to, to literally take over your life. Uh, it, it affects you. It'll affect your job. It'll affect uh, your marriage. And, and like I said before, it ultimately impacts our relationship with Jesus. And the Bible has a lot to say about time, okay? In Ephesians chapter 5, I'm going to read this, in verses 15 through 17, it says this, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So let me read that again. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are 
evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So it's, it's, it's challenging us here in Ephesians to walk wisely, doing what? Making the most of your time. Making the most of your time. So we're given this limited amount of time. We don't know how long it's going to be. And, and we have this opportunity, it says, to, to walk wisely, making the most of it. And then here's the other thing that's really interesting here. It says, making the best use of time. Why? It says, because the days are evil. Now, when it says the days are evil, it's not saying you should get up in the morning and be like, well, today's evil. Why am I doing this? Why, do I, why should I care? No, it, it's, it's telling you that there is evil operating against you on a daily basis. Okay, so, so when it says walk wisely, making the most of your time, you need to know that there is evil, there is opposition towards you doing that. Okay, so, so God's going to challenge you to make the most of your time. The enemy is going to try and challenge you to and get you to waste time, uh, to ignore the urgency, to not care, to procrastinate. And when I talk about procrastinate in your walk with God, it's I'll, 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 you know, I'll spend time with him later. I'll, I'll pray about that later. Uh, this isn't a real convenient time uh, for me. And, and, and so, you guys, why I say this ultimately reflects your relationship with God is because when you love someone, what do you do? You make time for them. Like you do. Some of you, like if, right now, for some of you, if a certain somebody called you, you get up and walk outside. Right? It's okay. You be honest. You would. Because you love that person, right? And you are, and you may be busy and all that, but if they call, if they reach out to you, you're taking that, okay? Because that person's important to you. And even when it's inconvenient, you want to demonstrate that you love them by how? Giving them your time, okay? Uh, it's crazy how that works. Um, I, I know in my marriage, my wife, she, uh, she wants quality time with me. Okay, and, and that is something I think about because that means a lot to her. And so I demonstrate I love her by investing time into that relationship. And so when you think about this, what it's challenging us in, when it, when it talks about, uh, you know, looking carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of your time, uh, it's, it's challenging us, one, uh, to do that, but it's, it's letting us know there's evil working against you and you need to prepare yourself for this. You need to prepare yourself because when we think about preparing ourselves for what's working against us, how do I make sure I'm alert? I'm, 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 I'm sober minded to what's happening. Uh, how do I do that? When, when we think about uh, this whole time piece, because, you know, one of the things like if, uh, if I was meeting with a financial advisor, uh, I would ask them if, let's say I came across a whole bunch of money, uh, I would ask, where, where do you think I should invest this? What's the best way, what are the best things that I could be doing right now to invest this money? And when it comes to your time, we should be asking God, how, how, is, how, how are you asking me to invest this precious resource, this thing that I'll never get back again? How are you asking me to invest this? 
And, and, and that's an important thing, you guys, that we should be asking him because once again, the more you look at scripture, the, the more you just live, the more you realize that time is ultimately just a gift. It's a gift. And, and, and when we think about living with this urgency and, and, and we think about like having patience in a process, like, like some of you, maybe you've been praying for something and, and, and you've put a timeline on it and, and, and it's not happening. Uh, you need to remember that, that what he said, what he says about patience in second Peter three, nine, it says the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Okay. So there's, there's times in our lives where we, um, need to understand that by operating on his timetable, by having that mindset, um, I have to come to the conclusion that he has given me time for what purpose? Why do we have time? He's talking about, I am giving you time so that others may come to repentance. In other words, this is this gift that you have that you should have urgency with because the longer you have, the longer uh, you have as an opportunity to make a difference in someone's life uh, for repentance to take place. Right for something like that to happen, for their life to be transformed, and so when we, when we think about God, why why do I have to wait for this? Why is this not happening? Or you know, why are you not just like striking all these people dead? Like why why don't you do that? Ultimately, he's he's not doing those things so that his patience can lead to he says repentance. It's an act of love. So this time is a gift. Although sometimes we're like, man, this is so, I don't like it. I don't want this. It's a gift that he's given us. Um, and even when you think about relationships and the time you have with people, that is a gift. So when we think about um, looking at time as just a gift and, and how we maximize this with people, uh, we have to we have to ask ourselves, what is maximizing the time that we have? And then what is wasting the time? And one of the things that I see throughout scripture is that the people who maximize their time, they did it regardless of the circumstances. Okay, that's really important. It's really easy to read your Bible when you're, when you're in between jobs, right? It's, it's really easy when your schedule is completely empty to do certain things, right? Uh, it, 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 some relationships that you have in your life, it's convenient based, essentially. You have the same schedule and because you have the same schedule, you're friends, right? So there's convenience uh, to some of these things, but when you look at people who maximize their time, uh, from a biblical standpoint, they were doing this regardless of the circumstances. I want you to think about just some of these examples. Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, we see a lot of his ministry happened from where? Prison. Okay? Uh, so that's typically, if, if, if you're going to prison, uh, especially in that world, prisons were nasty, uh, and, and he's going there, you would think that, what? Like, man, I gotta wait till I get out. 
okay? There's no way to maximize this time. But what is he doing? We see uh, literally sharing his faith. Uh, he's singing. Uh, God does miracles in the prison. He's writing letters while he's chained up. Letters that we read, letters that impact our lives even today. So he's maximizing the time that he has. He's not sitting there going, I'm in prison. I'm worthless. God, you can't use me. He's maximizing that time. Uh, Joseph, a guy in the Old Testament. In fact, I think we talked about Joseph uh, in our series. Uh, Joseph is another guy. His brother sold him into slavery. Uh, he was a slave for a while. He was in prison for a while. You guys, he was so faithful in all of those situations and circumstances that he kept getting promoted. Okay, uh, whether it was prison or whether it was just all of a sudden overseeing this guy's house. And, and so he was faithful because when you think about maximizing your time, it's actually faithfulness. And he was faithful in that and, 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 and patient, but he was trusting in God, maximizing that time. And so everything happened. Right? Everything happened how it was supposed to, how God had designed it. When you think about Daniel, uh, Daniel is hijacked out of where, his, where he's from, and, and he's brought into this foreign uh, country, and, and he's there, and, and he's enslaved, and, and he's faithful in that in spite of the circumstances, and God blesses him, and he grows in influence, and ultimately we are deeply impacted by his ministry. David, before he became king, he was anointed king, but what happened? He, Saul was still king and Saul was literally chasing him. He's on the run. And, and, and even when he's on the run, even when he's fleeing for his life, he's still maximizing his time. He's being faithful even in that. And so you guys, there are seasons in your life where it's going to be easier to maximize the time, to, to, to be able to, to utilize the time, and there's going to be seasons where it's more difficult, but you still have a decision to make in how you're going to operate. And one of the things that we also uh, see is that these individuals uh, who I just alluded to, they realize that life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. Okay, life's not a sprint. Life is a journey. Okay, that's why it says in Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay, so it's literally talking about we have we have this crowd of witnesses around us. We are called to run in this race. But uh, a lot of us, we, we love to, to sprint. We hate to run long distance, right? If I said, hey, go run 50 meters, a lot of you would be like, perfect, I can do that. If I said, hey, uh, we're going to go run a 5K, less of you would be excited about that. Okay, because it's longer. Uh, it, it, you've you've got to be patient in a longer race. Um, I remember... I was a sprinter in high school, and I remember in order to, I don't know what it was, I, I think there just wasn't as many great 400 meter runners, and my coach was like, hey, you could qualify for state in this as well if you jumped into the 400. And I was like, all right, I'll try it out. I had never ran a 400 meters. And I remember running it, and, and I was like, this is awful. 
Like, cause, cause I was just going to run it as hard as I could. And, and then around the third uh, corner there, I just started dying and everybody started passing me the first time I ever ran it, uh, because I didn't know there was strategy in it. I didn't know any of those things. I didn't know how to really run it. And the further distance out you go, there's more strategy to it. Uh, there's more endurance you need. And, and, and when we think about a relationship with God, when we think about the time that we have and what he calls us to, He's not calling you to these short, distant sprints, okay? He's not calling you to that. It's a journey. Uh, it's this long race, uh, and, and it's full of all kinds of things. Like, like it literally talks about here these, these like almost like lay aside every weight. Um, have you ever trained or, or ran with like a weight vest on? Have you ever done that? Okay, yeah, some of you have. If you haven't, whatever, okay? Um, I remember, and I, I, I'm pretty sure they figured out this was bad for you, but they didn't know. A lot of things that I used to do that they would say to do, I've re- now they say don't do that. Um, but I remember I would wear these ankle weights, these huge ankle weights, and I would like work out in the ankle weights. I would, I would, I would do all these things. I don't think they say to do that anymore, but I did that and it made it more difficult. And what he is saying here is we need to lay aside those things that are weights. Uh, We need to look at our lives and, and continue to, as we run this race, looking to who? It says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God in the throne, or the right hand of the throne of God. So we're called to this race. We're called to run it with endurance. And guys, I've seen so many people ignore that. And they just think that it's just going to be this sprint. And they go out the gate and they're like, I love God. Whoo, look at me go. And, and, they, and they blaze this trail. And then they're just, they, they fall off. They're tired. They're exhausted. Something happened. Something didn't work out. Something surprised them. And they weren't looking at it uh, as this journey. It was a sprint to them. And, and, and guys, you know, that's not what he's calling us to. These people that run their lives with endurance, that are faithful, are the ones that leave a legacy. Um, I was at a birthday party, a surprise birthday party this last weekend. And uh, surprise birthday parties are so fun. I forgot how fun they are. Uh, my wife did that one time for me, I remember, uh, on my 30th. And she got me. Like, I was, I was shocked. Uh, but anyway, this, this guy, it was his birthday. And, and we hid and we parked all our cars way far away. And, and he walked in and we yelled surprise. And one of the things that they had a lot of us do uh, was film a video saying something to him. And, and he's an older guy uh, in his 60s. And as I'm watching the video that they played during this party um, of, of the different people and what they were saying, I was just sitting there going, man, that is a legacy. That is somebody who has invested their time in people. Uh, they've been used by God. They've walked through trials, seasons of, of doubt, of shame, uh, seasons where they didn't know if God was in this still or that, but they were just faithful. They were faithful because it's a journey, right? And they didn't allow bumps in the road. They didn't unexpected events. They didn't allow those things to derail them. They continued on. And I'm just listening as all these people are talking about the legacy that this person has. And I'm like, man, that, as I was preparing for this, I was like, man, that is exactly what we're talking about. 
And I have, based on my profession, done quite a few funerals. Guys, there's nothing more exciting than to do a funeral for somebody that's left a legacy, that's maximized their time. I've also unfortunately done funerals where it's like people are trying to figure out what they can say to make the person sound like something they weren't because they live for themselves. They didn't maximize the time. And it's really sad when they're like, oh, I didn't know that that person loved God. I didn't know that they went to church, all these things. And I go, man, you, you have this moment in time to make a difference. And that's why Proverbs chapter 132, it says, for the simple are killed by their turning away. And it says the complacency of fools destroys them. Complacency. Complacency. Guys, complacency is the opposite of investing time wisely, okay? And, and, and so when we think about that, that's why we see in Matthew chapter 24, 42 through 44, it says, therefore, it says, stay awake for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming, but know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. I love that verse, those verses. I love it because growing up, um, we had our house broken into multiple times. Okay, multiple times. I remember, uh, in fact, one time I had to pretend I was asleep, which is terrifying for a little kid. Like, just terrifying. But w there was multiple times I woke up in the morning. I remember one time going downstairs into the kitchen, and I'm like, man, it's freezing in here. And I look, the window's out. And, and I look outside, and I go, our car's not there. And I said, mom, what's going on? You know, and obviously we were robbed. And, 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 and that happened multiple times. One time this dude, this is creepy. He like got into my parents' room upstairs, end of the house, and was crawling on the ground. And like my dad used to put his wallet in his jeans. And this dude found his jeans on the floor, got out his wallet, snuck out. Crazy, creepy stuff. And None of those times were we like sitting there alert and ready, right? Every single time we woke up and we were like, what happened? Okay, what happened? We weren't ready. We weren't prepared. What, what he is telling us is literally the best news ever, which is what? Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back and, 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 and nobody knows the time. Although all these people are like, oh, it's going to be then. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. Or did you see this sign? So it's going to be this. Like nobody knows. Okay. They've been saying this everywhere. In fact, in the New Testament, uh, people were selling their stuff because they were like, it's happening now, okay? So we've all been thinking it, okay? But what we see is this mindset, this posture in how we operate, how we view time, how we live our lives in light of the reality that one of two things is gonna happen. Either I'm gonna die or he's gonna come back. Now, either one of those events I'm probably not gonna know when it's gonna happen. And so I have this opportunity to live with this sense of urgency. Okay, the sense of urgency. Um, we had someone knock on our front door who goes to our church, because I swear somebody like passed around my address. And they knocked on my door. I wanna find out who did it, because I'm like mad. But anyway, they knock on my door, 
And they knock on the door and our house is a mess. Now we have three boys. So that's like, that's what we live in. It's just, you can clean it. And all of a sudden there's PJ mask stuff. Like it's just nonstop mess. If you don't know who that is, PJ masks, then just praise God you don't. Okay. But there's just like crap all over. Okay. Uh, and, and so someone's knocking on the door right now. I'm looking at Lindsay and I go, who is it? I don't know. I don't know. So you know what we did? We start freaking out, chucking stuff, like cleaning the house. We don't know if it's someone who's like going to be like, hey, can I come in? Like, we, we don't know. And, and, but they caught us off guard. And then, you know, we opened the door. Like, you know, we're just the perfect family. Hey, what's up? We're so glad to see you. How did you get our address? You know? And, and they showed up, but we were completely surprised. We weren't prepared. And our house was, to us, a mess. And our kids, they were still in their pajamas. So we were embarrassed, right? We weren't ready. Um, if we had been ready, what would we have done? We would have utilized that morning to get ready, knowing that so-and-so is going to knock on our door at 10 o'clock. Okay? So we didn't know that was going to happen. Guys, he warns us. He says, I'm coming back. You have this gift of time. Over and over in scripture, he talks about run this race, walk in this way. All these things to just like say, this is what you're called to do. This is a gift that you have this time. And he's literally saying, I'm going to come at a time you don't know. And so be prepared. Now being prepared means what? I get ready. I get ready for that. Getting ready is how you invest your time. It's literally preparing yourself and, and being alert that he could come at any point in time and you, you're going to respond in, in one of two ways, right? That thought either brings fear because you're like, oh my gosh, I hope he doesn't come back right now. Or, or some of you, you're like, come, you're ready. Okay. Now for me, I'm like, don't come yet because I want to see my youngest receive Jesus. But I think about like how often I get sucked into this just daily grind, assuming everything that happened today is going to happen tomorrow, assuming that everything's going to be healthy uh, with my kids, with myself, with my, all these things. And we're just going to, it's just going to continue in this way. Guys, there is enough going on in our world right now to remind you that tomorrow is not given. Like, even if the Bible didn't say it. You would know that. But I want you to just think about it for a minute. If you, what would it look like for you to live day by day in anticipation that he could come back? What would that look like? What would it look like to live moment by moment in light of that reality? In light of the fact that he could come back? What would be different? This is a really important thought here. What would be different in your life right now? How would it change the relationships right now in your life? Would it change who's in your life? Would it change the conversations right now in your life? I know one thing, if it's a reality for you, you're going to do what? You're going to pursue him and you're going to be responsive to his leading. And you're going to live in anticipation of what he's going to lead you into as well. 
So you're going to be responsive. You're going to be listening. And then you're going to be looking to be obedient into what he's moving you into. Guys, I think, I think for so many of us, we're looking for normalcy. We're looking for comfort. We're looking for consistency. We're looking for dependability. And I'm just going to be honest with you. When you read this, when you look at what he's calling us into, he's calling you to urgency and he's calling you to live in such a way that's honestly, it's uncomfortable. And it's probably not going to be planned. You know, I've said this many times. Eugene was not my plan. Okay. San Diego through and through. Like that was it. In fact, my wife and I, when we were going through premarital, we literally put, because I don't remember what premarital we went through, but it literally was like, is there a city you want to live in? We were like San Diego, boom. And then three years into, two years into our marriage, guess where we're at? San Diego. Done, right? Over, settled. We're there. We've arrived. Like, like all those boxes for life, right, that you've got, because all of you have them. This is what life is going to look like, it, 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 all these things. And we're there, and, and, and we're living it up. It's awesome. She's doing hair at this awesome salon. I'm pastor. Every, everything is like lined up exactly how we would design it. We would will it. We had predicted it. And, and all of a sudden, guess what? I woke up this morning, and we were in Eugene. We're in Eugene. That wasn't my plan. It was not my plan. It was not like we didn't secretly erase San Diego and put Eugene. Um, I didn't know anything about Eugene. I just had driven down the five and from the five, you don't even see Eugene. So I knew nothing about Eugene and, 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 and all of these things. But, but you guys, when, when you walk with God, um, and when you give all the results up to him and when you surrender your will, knowing, because you can only surrender your will if God's in control of this. When you surrender your will to him, you allow him to do what he wants to do with it because you know it is a journey and you know the next destination doesn't write your whole story. Okay, And so, guys, what I want to challenge you with is if you do look at the next decision as the thing that's just like, then everything's going to work out, you're viewing this as a sprint. You're not viewing it how he calls us to view it. It's literally, it's, it's endurance. It's a continual process of like, God, this is your story. It's not mine. But then it's this posture of I'm going to live daily in anticipation of your return. And I'm going to understand and operate with the reality that the time that I have is a gift. It's a gift. And so you guys, we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks here, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about how do you invest that gift? How do you invest it? Because that's going to be everything for you. Okay? That's what's going to propel you forward. It's going to be how you use your time. Because when I think about everything that's going on right now, you guys, um, it's all pulling at what? It's pulling at your time. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to hijack that. 
He, the enemy knows you can't get that back. So if he can take it, he's got it. You won't get it back. So here's the opportunity to make some decisions and how you're going to move forward with that time. And like I said, in the coming weeks here, we're going to talk about ways to invest that. Okay? Let's pray.